The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning and welcome to Mentoring with Larry Sternberg. My guest today is author, keynote speaker, and consultant Donna Cutting. She's the author of two books on customer service. Her most recent book is 501 Ways to Roll Out the Red Carpet for Your Customers. That book was named by Forbes columnist Shep Hyken as one of the best business books of 2015. As founder and CEO of Red Carpet Learning Systems, she leads a team of customer service experts that train organizational leaders on how to turn prospects into delighted customers and delight customers into raving fans. She's in demand as a keynote speaker, and she's consulted with uh, quite a long variety of companies and organizations in a variety of sectors, from healthcare to hospitality to the financial industry. Donna, welcome to the program. Thank you, Larry. I am so glad to be here. So tell us about your book. Let's just start out by by having you tell our listeners a little bit about what they would learn when they buy your book. Oh, sure. Well, it's like you said, it's called 501 Ways to Roll Out the Red Carpet for Your Customers. And I really looked for uh, easy to implement, actionable ideas that people, you know, leaders and uh, frontline team members in a variety of different sectors, as you say, could put into place to wow and and delight and roll out the red carpet for your customers. And one of the things that you didn't mention is that uh, that your company, Talent Plus, gave me many of those ideas, and uh, you're highly highly lauded uh, in, in the book and also uh, throughout my keynote speaking circuit <laughs> as well. Well, Donna, thank you very much. On behalf of everybody at Talent Plus, I want to thank you and tell you it was a privilege to make those contributions to your book. Well, I'm such a fan and there are such great ideas and, and uh, so I'm so so glad. In that, in that respect, you have been uh, in fact, very influential to me because I just I'm really admiring of everything that you're doing. Thank you very much. I have to get the following thing out of my system, and then we'll actually move on with the rest of the show. If there's, <laughs> okay. if there's anybody from Wells Fargo who happens to be listening to this, you need to hire Donna Cutting right away so you can <laughs> figure out how to really take care of your customers in the proper way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. All right. Let's talk, let's talk about mentoring, Donna. I want you to think about people that you would consider mentors in your life and name the first one who comes to mind. You know, uh, let me first. Let me just say, I love this topic because there's absolutely no way that you know you can grow personally or professionally without the help of other people. And um, it was really it was hard for me when I was preparing for this radio show to think of just one. And I have probably about four uh, that I definitely would love to talk about. Um, but there have been so many others. And um, when you think the first one, if we just go chronologically uh, in terms of those four is really the the last boss that I had in a job where I was not uh, the owner of the company, where I wasn't being my own boss. And her name is Dawn Winder, and she... Um, she just, she, I'm not sure that I thought of her obviously as a mentor at that time. She was my boss, but when I look back, um, many of the, the things that I write about, uh, that I speak about today were modeled by her. And she just had this amazing way of being 
being your friend, but also your boss. I don't think everybody can do that. Um, but she had that as a gift because you, you definitely knew that there were high expectations there and that you had to meet them. And at the same time, you could go out to lunch with her and be her friend. And that was just um, an amazing, amazing experience. How long were you working for her? You know, only a couple of years, and it was uh, back then. I was an I was an activities director in a senior living community, and she was the executive director there. And I think you know when I look back to how did she mentor me, and and she didn't only do this for me, but she definitely did for me and for others. Um, is that she she had high expectations of us and saw saw beyond our job titles. So many, you know, even though uh, I was an activities director and that had its own set of of tasks and things that I was responsible for, um, you know, she also brought me into responsibility for improving employee morale, and um, we had uh, some successes with employee retention based on some of the things that she was doing that I was helping her with. And um, and to me, it's like anybody who can look at you and see bigger, uh, bigger dreams and br- bigger possibilities for you is is definitely a, a fantastic mentor. And as a result of that, it's really, you know, it's why I'm doing in in a big part why I'm doing what I'm doing today because that's what I started speaking about was just employee morale, and then everything sort of ran from there. Are you still in touch with Dawn? Yes. Oh, yeah. She is. Um, she's one of my dear friends <laughs> still, and uh, and we uh, we connect on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, I think she's. I mean, she's got stories in both of my book. The first one, the celebrity experience, and then five hundred and one ways as well, um, because again, like I said, she was just a role model for everything that I teach today. Do you have top of mind anything specific that a quotation you might use that you attribute to Dawn or something she taught you that you would pass along to other people? You know, I I wish I could think of a quotation, um, but I can tell you two things immediately. One, one, and one I've already kind of mentioned, that is just really seeing, you know, having expectations of people that are perhaps grander than they, they even can have for themselves. Because when, um, you know, she did that not just for me, but for the others in, in our organization. And when, when you do that and you hold people to those expectations um, and believe that they can achieve them, then then people will rise to that level. And I think that's what I saw with myself and with other people in our leadership team, that everybody rose to a level that, that perhaps they didn't even think was possible because she saw that in us. And so that was maybe, um, you know, that's the first thing. But also the other thing is just have fun while you're doing it. And, you know, she, and I know you're, because I know what you do over at Talent Plus, Larry, I know that you're going to love this, that she, you know, she would do things like we'd have birthday breakfast. So every time we had someone who had um, a birthday, in, on our leadership team, we were at breakfast for them, and um, it, was, it was just, you know, it, that kind of thing was encouraged. Um, when we would come back from vacation, she would have gathered, like, everyone that she could on the staff and um, have them write Post-it notes welcoming us back. And, um, and I remember when Dawn, <laughs> when Dawn went on vacation, because we'd all come back, we'd have these Post-it notes all over our desk or, you know, a workspace saying, you know, welcome back, we missed you, all of those wonderful things. And when she left for vacation, we uh, wrote Post-it notes saying, oh, we took off early, you know, two hours early every day. <laughs> and we sort of complained about each other. And she said when she walked in and she saw that, uh, she knew she had built a team. You know, she knew she'd built a team because we could joke back with her and we um, and, and have fun. And that's really, I think, if you're not having a good time, why, why do it? You know, why do it? I'm curious, the the post-it note strategy and similar strategies, did you also employ that when you 
welcomed a new person onto the team in that business? Was there a point in time when something of that sort was done for them? Yeah, and I don't remember specifically if we did that with Post-it notes, but there definitely was this whole sense of celebration um, under her leadership. And so when new people came on board, there was an intentional effort to make them feel um, loved and welcome. And we would even have conversations about it. Um, you know, there was I remember there was a particular position that was hard to fill and hard to keep somebody in and that we had an intentional conversation about, you know, how are we going to, how, what are we going to do differently this time to make this person feel really welcome and celebrated with every achievement. And, um, and so there were things like that all the time. And, and then when one of our staff members, uh, became an American citizen, you know, that we intentionally celebrated those kinds of moments. So, uh, I don't remember that the, we didn't have a specific red carpet at that point. If I was still working there, I'm sure we would. <laughs> but, um, but but it was just that whole sense of of celebration that she she created really for all of us. How would you describe her management or leadership style? Oh, that's great. Um, so I go back to where I started, which is um, positive appreciative and with high expectations. So, you know, I've certainly, I've worked for people in the past that, and I've had a lot of great bosses, don't get me wrong, but um, but I've had a few, you know, that were not appreciative and, and that's a hard, uh, a hard place to, to be um, sometimes. Um, and others that where the expectations just weren't really high and so you didn't quite get as jazzed about the work that you were doing, but uh, with Dawn, it was de- definitely positive, definitely we can do, you know, set goals, we can achieve them, very appreciative for the efforts, and then, um, but then high expectations, and if you weren't meeting them, you, kn- you knew that too, um, not in a negative way, but in a definite way. So it wasn't just cheerleading. No, no. And I think that's the key. You know, I see that all the time with um, the people that I train, particularly in, you know, when I'm in healthcare, I think I see a, a lot of people who are very loving and very caring, and, and the uh, the recognition and the fun and the cheerleading comes easily for them, where they sometimes may not have that ability to really have high, um, or they, they may have high expectations, but when they're not being met, there's not a lot of accountability. So I think, you know, mastering that mixture of, of accountability, high expectations, but also with appreciation, celebration, and fun, that was something Dawn did really, really well. And it got results. From your perspective, what is the difference, if you see a difference, between consulting and teaching, you do a lot of that, and mentoring? Yeah. Oh, that's a really, really great question. Um, You know, I think, because there's so many different ways that people can do this. So there's, um, you know, teaching, obviously, you think of passing along information, although people could be taught without without they're actually, with the teacher, with the, not even really realizing. I mean, you can assimilate uh, ex- learning, you know, um, lessons without really realizing that, uh, without a teacher really realizing that you're learning from them. But but specifically speaking, or, or uh, strictly speaking, teaching is, you know, passing on information, consulting, too, also asking questions, um, but then perhaps providing guidance. And then there's coaching, which is a completely different piece, and that is, um, you know, real people who are trained to really ask the best questions and almost get um, – almost get get the person to, to come up with the answers themselves. You know, as opposed to consulting, you might actually provide some of the answers. I think with coaching, you're really leading people to come up with the answers that they already have, they just haven't thought of yet or, or they haven't been resistant to. And then, um, you know, to me, when I think of the coaches that I've had versus mentoring, you know, the, to me, a mentor is someone who is, is giving of their time um, 
freely and without uh, without payment, um, and they may not necessarily be trained as a as a coach, a certified coach is trained, um, but and they may not even know they're your mentor. I mean, there are certainly people I think of as mentors, authors, and people I've never even met that I really think, wow, they've mentored me um, because I've learned a great deal from them. Did that make sense? Yes, of course it did. Uh, it was <laughs> interesting, as you talked about coaching being the the art of asking questions and helping people come up with their own answers. That's a pretty good description of the Socratic method. Yeah, that's how yeah. that's how Socrates uh, taught. He asked questions, and and uh, as he saw it. He actually pulled answers out of people that were in there, even though they didn't know those answers were in there. Right. So I think that's a pretty good description of the Socratic method. Yeah, and there's and there's room for both of those things. I mean, because sometimes people don't really don't have the answer, and so you know they're waiting for somebody to help them and give them guidance. And I think that's really important. Um, but oftentimes, people, like you say. Um, they really do have the answers. They just need to be led down a path um, so that it's a little clearer. I think uh, that's a good point you made. There are times when people don't have the answers and they're coming to an expert for some perspective, a suggestion, or even even some guidance, even some direction, uh, do this. And I think your book supplies a lot of that. We're going to take a brief break here, and when we come back, Donna's going to start talking about the next mentor in her chronology. Let's take a break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. When people are making a significant impact, they're engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. But how do you recognize those people? At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at www.talentplus.com. Talent Plus, where science meets talent, where people drive results. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We're back with Donna Cutting author, consultant, keynote speaker, and teacher. She's talking about her mentors. We've talked about one, Dawn Winder, and who is the next mentor that you want to talk about? Well, his name is David Glickman. Um, I'm so... Uh, so excited for him, actually. He's a corporate, he's, uh, uh, he's a speaker, but he focuses on, um, custom corporate comedy and healthcare humor and was just inducted into the National Speakers Association Speaker Hall of Fame. So, wow. um, very, very excited for him. But interesting, you know, with our whole conversation about coaches, um, the way I, I became mentored through him was that I was working with a coach. Her name is Kathy Potts, and this was early in my speaking career, and uh, I had really just taken the leap and, and, and had to, as I was building my career, I had to do other work to supplement my 
income at the time. And um, Kathy said, well, what do you want to learn? And I said, well, what I want to learn is to grow a speaker's business and run a speaking office. And she said, well, then you need to work in a speaking office. And I had just been to my first meeting of NSA Central Florida. And when I say NSA, I mean the National Speakers Association. So the joke there is we're the ones who talk, not the ones who listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so I had just been to the local chapter meeting at that time. I was living in Central Florida and um, had met a bunch of people. And I just sent out an email that said, you know, I'm a new speaker and I really, uh, I really need to supplement my income, but I also want to learn more about this business. Um, does anyone need an assistant? And so David, uh, responded to me, yes. And so we got to talking and, I became his assistant for, it was at least one year, if not two. It was a while back, so I, I honestly don't remember how long, but at least a year. And uh, and he just taught me really every, took me under his wing, and obviously I was paid for my time, but in addition to that, he just took me under, under his wing and really taught me the basics of everything that, uh, that I now know, that I could now teach other people about running a speaking business. And I don't, you know, he's someone, again, when I think about would I be here without him, uh, without his guidance, I don't know that I would. You know, he really gave a lot to me, and, and as a result, I was able to stay in this business for almost 20 years now. Did you become friends? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we it's interesting um the way that relationship has developed because uh you know at at the beginning I was so new, you know, and and so um so green and wanting to just absorb everything. And I remember at one point he asked me um, for my feedback on a little uh, piece that he had written for his program. And I went home to my husband, and I was just so honored, you know, that he asked for my feedback. <laughs> so excited about that. And then what happened is we, you know, we did become friends, and, and we started um, with a couple of other people, a mastermind group. Um, so this was a group of uh, five speakers uh, that met on a regular basis, and we would meet by phone and hold each other accountable to our goals, and then we would meet in person every six weeks. And so through that, I think we became even deeper friends. And now we laugh, you know, I was so uh, so honored that he was asking for my feedback, and now I'll give him my feedback whether he asked for it or not. <laughs> our relationship <laughs> has evolved in that way. <laughs> So you stay in touch, though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he's one of my best friends uh, now at the in the National Speakers Association. That mastermind group. Mm -hmm. As you are, you still uh, is the group still alive and well? Not in the same way. So we were for many, many years, and um, and it's interesting because I think as we all started, David was probably the most accomplished of all of us in terms of speaking, um, and then and there was a woman named Joan Brannock as well, another friend of mine. They were probably the most accomplished, and then the three of the others of our um, the two others and myself were fairly new in the business, and we got to a place where. You know, we we were just rocking and growing and changing, and you know, for several several years that was happening. And then we got to a place where things changed. You know, first of all, I'll say um, it became about more than business; it became about our personal lives too. You know, we went through divorces with each other, marriages with each other, um, you know, um, family members deaths and, and, and all of those kind of personal things. So we're still very much together in terms of very, very good friends. Um, but I think there came a place where, you know, I moved to Asheville. One of the other people um, actually went back into the corporate sector. And, um, and we also got to a place where we were all kind of at the same level in terms of, of where we were in our careers and deciding that we want we really needed to look beyond our level for more guidance and help and so we disbanded as a regular mastermind group but we still stay in touch as friends it brings up the issue of peer mentoring as mm -hmm. you look back on that is that a, a term that 
feels right to you about that or, 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 or not? Oh, you know what? Definitely. I, I don't know um, that we thought of it that way, but we were all, because everybody in that group, and it was, you know, it's definitely a, a model that I would encourage anyone. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs and definitely people in the speaking world um, really look for mastermind groups, I, and it was mentioned in um, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, um, you know, the, the whole idea of masterminding with other people. Um but every single person, and we were very intentional about this when we were putting it together, every single person had something to contribute and something to learn. And so, you know, and because, we, oh, go ahead. No, no. Oh, okay. Because we were growing together, I think it was, um, it was just really um, fascinating to see how, you know, depending on what issue we were going through or what goal we had, that one person could, you know, really be the one to step up and help another one. Um, Sometimes it was the entire group. But we were definitely um, growing into a level where we became peers and mentoring each other. So, yeah, I think that's a term that, that applies for sure. The way you describe this group, it seems to me there might be a movie there. Oh, now that's an idea that I love. <laughs> that, that you went through your your life challenges together in your personal life, you grew in your professional life, and then you got to a point that uh, I haven't spoken about this with any of my other guests yet, but it seems to me that you may have gotten as much out of that relationship as you could get all of you, you said you got to the same level, and you move on and seek new mentors, yes? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I would say, I would say it, we'd gotten as much as we could in that format because we still, like I said, we still stay in touch, and sometimes, you know, especially if there's something to celebrate, those are, besides my husband, those are the first people that I go to. So they're, they're still our celebration group. But um, to your point, you know, I, I, um, I wish I knew who to attribute this quote to. I see it all the time, and I don't remember who said it. It might have been Jim Rohn, but I'm not sure. But something along the lines of, you are the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. And, and, um, and I really take that to heart in terms of, you know, every time you want to go to another level, uh, whether it's in your business or whether you're an athlete or an artist or whatever, you know, your personal life, whatever it is, um, I really think you have to look at, okay, well, who's out there doing this already and start looking for, you know, towards those people as your mentors. Um, and that there are, is definitely a place where you outgrow, um, where you outgrow the information that they can provide for you. That and that's a good, play, a good thing, I think. Of course it is. Of course it is. And it brings up a question that many people ask me as I uh, travel around the country and speak and teach myself. People ask me, how do I find a mentor? And you were just getting into that. So I'd like you to expand on that. How does someone find a mentor? You know, I one of the things that I try to do is first of all, you've you've got to be open to the idea that um, you're not the only. You know, you don't know everything. <laughs> you you have to be okay with that, and um, and then, like I said, it, it 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 it's about asking. You know, it really is. It's about identifying. Well, who's out there that's already doing what I want to be doing? and being brave enough to ask the question. And it may not even be, you know, especially if you're approaching somebody who doesn't even know you, um, you know, it may be first that you ask yourself, well, what could I do for them? You know, what, you know it, whether it's as simple as retweeting and, you know, helping them promote whatever they're promoting, getting on their radar, and then trying to set up a meeting. And then, um, you know, it, it starts with just asking Asking the questions that you want to ask. Ask, can you give me a few minutes? And, and, and the other thing I would say is to be really, really specifically prepared for that meeting. To, um, you know, I, I think, 
you know, where I've gotten to a place as a speaker where now other speakers are coming to me, what I appreciate is when someone comes and they have very specific questions and I know how to help them. And then if they actually act on, on the advice that I give them and move forward, I'm more than happy to help them again. Whereas if it's someone that I just get the sense of they just feel like if they hang around with me, you know, somehow it's going to rub off and they're going <laughs> to, without doing any of the work, I'm not quite as likely to be excited about that mentoring relationship, if that makes sense. So I got... Three things that you recommend for people to find a mentor. Actually, maybe it's more than three. I don't count very well. The, the first one is to be open and know that you don't know everything and you have something to learn. The second one is look around and see who's doing whatever it is you want to do. The third thing is... You have to ask somebody for their time, and then you have to prepare for those meetings and act on their advice. So being open, identifying somebody who is doing whatever it is you want to learn about, asking them if you can get a little guidance from them or however you might put it. Oh, I left out. This is important. What can I do for them? Right. I think that's that's a very important element in finding a mentor and that preparation and then acting on that advice. My my wife taught me the following saying, don't buy a dog and bark yourself. So if you're asking somebody for guidance and you don't and you don't actually act on the guidance they give you that's that's kind of wasting everyone's time. That's right. That's such a great, that's a great quote. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. And it's not to say, I mean, you're obviously not going to take the advice, you know, every piece of advice that everyone gives you. You'd be go, go crazy trying to do that. But if you have someone who's achieved what you want to achieve, um, you know, and you and you've and you've asked them, and they've generously given you their time. Uh, there, you know, to if you really want to continue that relationship, then I think what that person wants to see is that you're actually taking to heart what they've shared with you, and that you're actually, you know, putting the work in to get where you want to go. And then, you know, my experience has been that many, many people, if they if they have the time, that most people will be really open to being your mentor. Um, but sometimes, I, and I also just think people are afraid to ask sometimes. They, you know, it, it's surprising how many people will uh, respond to you if you reach out to them. Yes, I, and there's one more element that shows up for me that I'd like to add, which is show appreciation and gratitude to this individual. Mm-hmm. So they're giving you the advice, you're taking it, and you can give them credit for it. One thing you said just in passing, I think, deserves some attention. And that is, you can't take everyone's advice. I think that's a very important insight because many individuals who are progressing in their career will just receive advice from a variety of places. People will just give them this piece of advice and that piece of advice. And of course, those pieces of advice won't all be in harmony with each other. Right. And And I want you to reflect on or respond to this reflection about you can't take everyone's advice. You have to decide whose advice you're going to take. Right. And sort of stick with it. Otherwise, you're going to be going in all kinds of different directions without making a lot of forward motion toward your growth. How do you feel about that? And I think, you know, I learned that a lot with um, going to the, the National Influence, the, which is the National Speakers Association conference every year, is that, um, you know, there are so many, and I'm sure everybody, everybody who goes to an, uh, a professional association, belongs to a professional association, goes to their convention, can relate to this. There are just so many different, whatever it is you want to achieve, there are so many different ways to approach that. <laughs> you know that thing, and um, and so 
you want to be open to listening to all of them, um, but sometimes you can walk away just so overwhelmed and, you know, not sure which way to go and... And so, it's, first of all, it is helpful to have one person who's a mentor who can help you touch base, who really, especially if you've built a long-term mentoring relationship with them and, and they know your situation and they can maybe help you field, you know, which direction or whose advice you want to take. Um, but then also the more, the better you know yourself and your own situation, um, you you can better determine, okay, well, which is the best fit for who I am, where I want to go, and how I want to get there, and realize that there's probably a million ways to get there, but you just have to pick one and stay focused on that. This is a good point to stop for another commercial break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask Donna's point of view in particular about the difficulty women have in finding mentors. Let's take a break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When people are making a significant impact, they're engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter and people drive results. But how do you recognize those people? At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit within organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at www.talentplus.com. Talent Plus, where science meets talent, where people drive results. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back. I'm here with Donna Cutting. We're talking about mentoring, and we're going to address the issue that has been brought up to me on numerous occasions. It seems to many people that women have a harder time finding mentors in the business world than men do. Donna, what are your thoughts about that? You know, it's interesting because I don't... um I don't dwell on those things a lot. So, you know, those perspectives in terms of um, men and women. But, but what immediately came to my, um, my thought when you asked the question is just really going back to something we just talked about, which is, I think, being brave enough to ask for help. And I think, I don't think there's afraid, I don't, I, I don't think women are afraid to ask for help necessarily, but I do think that as women, we have to take responsibility for, um, for getting our needs met. <laughs> and so, you know, being able to identify what those are and what those goals are, um, being firm. And I think maybe that's like, I've, never had a feeling like I couldn't achieve a goal that and that may just that may just be me but I've always felt like um, if I set a goal I can achieve it sometimes it takes me longer than I want it than I want it to um, but I always feel like I can achieve it and I think where we might as women fall short is really um, having the courage perhaps to ask for um, the help that we need, and specifically reach out to the people that can help us further those goals. And um, and so, and actually, to some level, I'm I'm sure that I have that 
uh, that I limit myself in that way as well. But, um, but not being afraid to reach for the stars. And, you know, if you've identified that there is a certain person out there who is living your dream and you would love to have that conversation with them or that mentoring relationship with them, um, sometimes I think as women we don't even take the first step and that we possibly automatically feel like um, that might not even be a possibility, so why bother? We don't want to bother them. And so... Um, so I, <laughs> Yeah, I really think it's that. I because from my my own perspective is I very rarely have gotten turned down when I have asked someone for information, for guidance, for a conversation. And if I do get turned down, I will if it's really important to me that it's that person, I will persist and find a different way. And if not, then uh then I just move on. You know, if it's not important that that person that that it's that person, I just look for the next person. So so, um, but I think that may be what stops people. I, I don't know. I'm not really an expert in that, but from my own perspective and what I've, you know, the conversations that I see with other women in my life, that that may be part of it. Do you think some of it might be related to some sort of old boys club where historically women haven't been promoted into certain levels in organizations and so the available mentors are all men and and do you think that has any truth to it well yes i mean yes that definitely exists i mean there's no doubt in my mind that that exists and um there's also um not a doubt in my mind that there are some things that women have to worry about, um, in term, even in terms of approaching a man, um, that perhaps men don't have to worry about. However, I have personally never let that stop me. So I don't, I think, I think as women we have to take responsibility for where we want our focus to be and what we want to dwell on. Because if we, if we can dwell on that that old boys club might exist and um, uh, that, uh, you know, that, that there's a glass ceiling and how can we crack it and, you know, all of those things, we can dwell on that or we can dwell on what our goals are, what we need to do to get there and, and bringing up, you know, getting the courage that we need to do to ask for the help that we need to get there. Um, and yes, fighting back when we find that there is um, discrimination or, or something, you know, un, um, something that's not right about the system. Um, but I also think, I think women are also great at finding each other, you know, and supporting each other. We have um, in, in the National Speakers Association, again, I keep bringing this back because quite honestly, uh, that's where many of my mentors have come from. There's a group now that's formed that they're calling the Power Women of NSA. And it really is, you know, the conversations there um, about being positive and about forming together to show, you know, that we have something to offer um, as women. But beyond that, how do we step up and get better at, as women, you know, and how do, how do we... Um, how do we put ourselves out there and how do we make sure that we are as the best that we can be? Uh, so I think there's, I, I think there's truth to it, to it, but I also think there's responsibility that we have um, to decide whether we want to just focus on that or focus on what we can actually do to get beyond that. Are you in a mentoring relationship right now where you're the mentor? Uh-huh. You know, it's the most significant one I've had. I mean, certainly I've, I've had speakers um, come to me, new speakers, and I'm not sure I was trying to think if I was – I'm not sure that I'm in a long-term one um, right now with people, but I have had those relationships before. But um, the most significant one in my life is that I, I have no children of my own, but I mentored a little girl um, – from the day after her fourth birthday um, and through a a program called Project Growing Together. 
and it was a, a volunteer mentorship uh, for a year's commitment. And I stuck with her for a good 15 or 16 years <laughs> and uh, really mentored her, you know, was able to give her experiences that she wouldn't have had otherwise. And and uh, she grew up uh, in kind of a difficult situation. And, and so, so now she is the mother of three beautiful children and in her early 20s has risen to motherhood in a way that I never anticipated. And, um, and I'm not sure that I'm still her mentor. She may still look to me that way, but I, you know, I watch her every day now with pride and joy and um, just, you know, it does bring home to me that when you give to someone else, they, it makes a difference. It leaves a lasting legacy. Several of my guests have talked about the growth that the mentor attains through the mentoring relationships, that the mentee is not the only one who's growing. How would you say you've grown as a mentor over the years? You know, I I know that's so true. I mean, again, going back to um, Katie and uh, I don't think I mentioned her name, but the young woman who's now the mother of three, Katie, when I look back and I think, you know, I think about um, the things that frustrated me sometimes because she was very stubborn and she could be, you know, as a child. Um, and yet I've learned watching her as an adult how that has grown, how that has served her, you know, that her feistiness and her stubbornness and um, uh, doggedness as a child that drove me and, and probably her mom too a little crazy. Um, now I'm watching how that's serving her as an adult and I'm going, oh, wow, that was actually a good quality <laughs> that she had. And, um, you know, and also learning, I think, through the relationships and any mentoring relationships, um, I think you continue to learn, you know, how to, um, how to give and when to give and when to step back and let that person um, flourish. And so certainly, I think like your other guests have said, um, it's a two-way street. I mean, you're not just giving, but you're getting. And and just being able to step back and watch somebody else shine. There's um, there's a young woman now in the National Speakers Association who I introduced to the association. And um, we didn't have a long mentoring relationship, but I definitely met with her a couple of times and brought her in. And she is just you know, going like gangbusters. And so I think watching that um, happen and uh, certainly giving them the credit, I mean, not it wouldn't be anything to do. I wouldn't take any, a lot any credit. It's, it's what they did and it's the actions they've taken and the things they've learned. Um, but getting to watch that is really, really exciting. Something you just mentioned I'd like to expand on, and that's this whole notion of stepping back. You were talking about stepping back and watching someone flourish, but are there times when someone is struggling and there's an urge to step in and give them the answer, and there's also the understanding that if I give them the answer, they won't grow? Can you talk about that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think, um, and going back to probably my most significant one, uh, which is with Katie, um, that I struggled with that all the time, you know, um, and even as she is, is a young woman and even now as I watch her, you know, she's just doing really well. There are times where I stop myself from stepping in and telling her what to do, <laughs> you know, or which way to go. Because she really, I mean, people do have to learn on their own and figure things out for themselves. And um, sometimes I think if you, it, it, it is helpful, especially in the beginning of that relationship, to give people guidance, to give them information. Um, but then it goes back to that whole idea of coaching. Um, when you when you only give people information and you don't ask questions and step back and you know 
help them figure it out, but help them figure it out on their own, you're really depriving that person of the joy that they can feel when they've accomplished something as opposed to, you know, you swooping in and helping them with all the answers and all the information and everything they need. Um, and I think, a lot I think of, about my own mentors, too. Like, there are times where I've really been struggling. And I, you know, quite honestly, I've wished that somebody would just come in and wave, you know, swoop in and just save the day <laughs> for me. And um, But now I look back and I go, wow, look at that. I went through that experience. I came out the other side, and, and I definitely had help. But nobody, you know, this person or that mentor um, didn't swoop in, save the day. They just were there for me um, to support me and to honor the fact that I could do this. And I think the fact that you go through it yourself, you come out with a better feeling than if somebody had just taken care of the situation for you. When they do that, they could take your ownership away. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. And then you don't, you don't know what you're capable of. You can only know what you're capable of when you go through the fire and come out the other side because of actions that you've taken. Then all of a sudden you have a bigger vision of who you are and what you can achieve. Um, but if somebody comes in and does it for you, then you don't really know that that's something you can do. I also think in my own experience, you don't know what you're capable of unless you're willing to take the risk to fail. Because if you don't fail once in a while, you don't know where the ceiling is. That's right. That's exactly it. It is, and it's, and it takes courage to do that. It takes courage. I think that's that's what stops. Uh, just we were talking about women earlier, but I think just people in general um, from really going after what they want to accomplish is that it really does take courage. You're going to go out there. You're going to make mistakes. Uh, you might be, you know, put yourself in a situation where you'll feel embarrassed. Um, the more you put yourself out there, the more open to criticism you are, and especially now online. Oh my gosh, you know, the 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 bigger you are, the more people will. Um, come after you, and that takes a lot of courage to put yourself in those positions and to put yourself in a position where you make mistakes and have to ask for help. But um, but it's also how we grow, and when you get through the other side of that, oh, boy, there's no better feeling. Donna, it's, it's time for us to wrap up this conversation. It's gone really fast. So I fast. Thank you again for your time, and in our closing seconds, Tell people how they can find you on the Internet. Sure. It's, uh, our website is redcarpetlearning.com, redcarpetlearning.com. We also have a Facebook page, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at Donna Cutting. All right. Donna, thank you very much. It's really been a pleasure. We've all learned a lot. Thank you. Me too. Thank you for joining us this week for Mentoring with Larry Sternberg. Please join Larry again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, for another edition of the program on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.